you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those C's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. There are some things we can't give you through a podcast like intergenerational community and the amazing music that we share in worship and the snacks afterwards, Uh, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts, perfect preachers, or homiletical harbingers. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started the podcast, so if you're away from home, or working, or coaching your kids' soccer team, or skiing, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on a Sunday, or some other preaching opportunity. Whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you will receive it with an open mind and an open heart. In a quick note, we encourage you to keep those minds and hearts open, but we don't expect that that means that you will agree with everything we have to say. We expect you'll think your own thoughts, and we encourage you to do that. Our sincere hope is just that you will experience the mysterious, loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So, Chris, we were just at UMC Lead. We were. It was so much fun. We had Lead 2020. Got to see, got to see lots of people we, we, we've known for, for years and yeah. meet new people and have good conversations. Yeah. And, and prepare lots of good food. Yes. And prepare Let us lots not forget the food. Not forget the food. No, the food was amazing. And I keep thinking at the wrong time to, to text about the eggplant recipe. But anyway... <laughs> I started my sermon on Sunday with the story of how one of the speakers and I were talking at dinner before the conference started. She's from the Susquehanna Conference, okay. uh, which is in central Pennsylvania, which is where I served as a missionary for two years. And I said, oh, I've, you know, I've, I lived in Harrisburg for two years. And, you know, so we were just doing that chit chatty like thing. And it turns out she didn't grow up there, but her husband did. And we're chit chatting. And all of a sudden she goes... I bet you know my grandmother-in-law. Oh. And I was like, who's your grandmother-in-law? And she says, Hildegard Zollenberger. And I'm like, of course I know Hildegard. With a name like Hildegard. Right? But I said, "Um, I frequently quote Hildegard um, when people ask me whether something's homemade and I've just made it from a mix. I say it's home-baked, just like Hildegard would, because she used to bring us um, cookies every, every week at the Neighborhood Center. And it just caused me to be thinking of, it reminded me about how there are people who are part of our journeys. Sometimes they're in our lives for a season and sometimes just for a moment. And sometimes they come in and out of our lives. And sometimes we're with these people for for, for long periods of time, yeah. right? I didn't talk about this on Sunday, but, you know, Facebook is the great... The great mix. <laughs> great place. The great place to find out information. And it's funny because another person that has had a significant impact on me and something I do passed away from central Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. There were pictures of, of people gathered at her memorial service on Facebook. And it's the it's the mother of my former boss. Okay. She she's the one who who signed every letter. You knew you knew a letter was from her because when it came, it had love never ends all over it. Oh wow. People who get my letters from church know that that's, I say, I sign my letters, God's love never ends. Mm -hmm. Remember that? And that's because of her, right? And I think about all the ways that we have that people intersect with our lives. Sure. 
and how important those people we journey with, whether for a moment, a season, a lifetime, are to our life of discipleship. Yeah. And how important it is to pay attention and to be um, aware of how God is working in and through us in those in those connections. So my scripture is the opening of Naomi and Ruth's story. Oh, I love Naomi and Ruth. Right? And it's the it's, most misquoted scripture oh in my a gosh. wedding ever. At a wedding ever, because it's not about that kind of love, right? Yeah. And so... Um, it's a daughter-in-law know, and a mother-in-law. In-law, right? And their story is straightforward enough. It's, it, it's sort of like everybody's story. In some ways, right? Like here's a here's a family with two sons, and they they immigrate because of the global climate, hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah. in search of a better life, and maybe even life itself. And and along the way, the father dies, the sons marry, the sons die, and you are left with these three women. Yeah, the mother-in-law and two daughters-in-law. Right? Here comes famine. Here comes another external force to this. I have to remind people because we've we kind of have this sense that that widows are just people, right? Uh-huh. But in this period, we have to remember that widows are in a very vulnerable position. Absolutely, they they can't work. They can't work. They don't have anybody to work for them. They, they don't can't have own property. property. They yeah. can't right, like all those things. Right? And they're a little too old to get married, right? Well, especially Naomi, the is, mother. Yeah, is too old and well, too old for that context. Sort of like. Uh, Charlotte Lucas was a little too old in Pride and Prejudice, and then it happens anyway. But right. this is a different kind this of This is a kind of context, right? And so the question becomes, you know, obviously in the text is what, what will become of them? What are they going to do? Here they are in this vulnerable situation. And Naomi makes this decision that she's going to return home. And I hadn't noticed in the text before now, you know, you, you hear the story and then, you know, different things pop up, is that she begins the journey with the two daughter-in-laws mm-hmm. and then says, you really shouldn't come with me. Yeah. Well, because right. she's thinking, if I can find a place for me, I can't necessarily find a place for all three of us. Like, to me, what it indicates is the connection that these people had. Like, that she couldn't think of of leaving them behind. Right. Right. And then we see this scene where Orpha decides that she will return to her family. Right. And Ruth, Ruth says, I, I, I'm, I'm going with you and delivers that famous, you know, where you go, I go. Where you're going to be buried, I'm going to be buried. Right? Like, notion. You're stuck with me. You're stuck with me. Noticing how every person in this story's journey is changed because the choice to stay or go, to remain in relationship or not, um, is really vital to all of our journeys. Yeah. And we have this phrase, you know, holy friendship, you know, this, this idea, this, this connectedness that brings us to a, to a deeper place because sure. we are connected. And, and this is a perfect example of that, right? Yeah. And the story goes on. I didn't have it read on Sunday, but because obvi- obviously you can't read the whole book of I mean, it's, it's several it's a, pages in the Bible, which takes longer yeah, than your you average yeah. novel. Yeah. And, and, you know, how the story unfolds is that Naomi figures out a way to help them all. Yes. Right. And to, to bring Ruth, Ruth, to find Ruth a new husband that that falls within this 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 culture of, you know, taking care of family and somebody wealthy, somebody. Right. Yeah. But but also finds a place for herself. Right. And, the, and that connection is part of that transformation. Naomi is sort is the, the vehicle for God's transformation of Ruth's life and vice versa. Right. Her support and guidance. Um, one of the things I reminded my folks about is is that as we're telling the story we're talking about 
returning to, to Bethlehem. Yeah. And I said, listen for that, right? Like, remember that. Because why is it important that they return, that they're returning to Bethlehem? And, I, you know, so here's the thing, right? So Naomi and Ruth, like, have this impact on their own life, yeah. on their own lives. But then Ruth appears in Jesus's family tree. Yeah. And there's sort of this connection of the, the, the reality of, of the, those we journey with. We, we, we turn up in each other's spiritual family trees. Pay attention to that, to pay attention to how God is moving and to not think that things are random. They're not random or coincidental. Right. They're connectional. They're connectional. Yeah. They're, so. they're opportunities for us to recognize that we are not alone. Exactly. That we don't, we're not just looking out for number one. Yep. We're working in community, but it's also about, you know, we're not alone and therefore we don't have to face things. Alone, because alone, we have community, right? Well, and so and, it's I mean, kind that's, of it's a double-edged, right? Blessing, yeah. Ooh, you got to figure out a better way to say that. Chris. Yeah, I'm sorry. I use a lot of violent language. I've realized, and it's just sort of my AD nature. It's a it's a double-fold blessing, right? Yeah. Like it, like it's on one side, it's this, and on the other side, it's this, and that that their story is our story in a lot of ways. Maybe we've never said, "I where you go, I go," but that's how we've lived our life. Yeah. Right. Or, well, or maybe find... we have made decisions that said this person, this person is not leading me in the direction. The relationship with this person is not leading me in the direction God would have me go. I can let I can let it go. I can let it go. I can go in my own direction. Can, or, you know, and I can let God lead and, me. And let God lead me and and that there will be more people on the journey yeah. with us as well. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's what we talked about. On I Sunday. like that. I like um, the the idea of the interconnectedness. That gets enhanced when we have these social media tools like Facebook, yeah, which we know also can lead us to isolation. Yeah, right? it's about how we how we use it. If all of our connections are online, yeah, then then we're not building those real world, real life connections, connections, and that can be isolating as well. But when when it's given the right space, the right size in our life, yeah. right sizing was sort of a theme yeah, that of was a, that's yeah, exactly, exactly. But the if right we right size the influence of that in our lives, that it can actually be something that helps us yep. feel those connections and keep up with those stories and pay attention to, to those, those relationships. Yeah, and, and I think we've talked about this before. I I know we've talked about it in real life, maybe not on podcasts, but how often I wonder how often we pass people we have a connection to. Oh, for real, right? Well, I wonder how many other people's vacation photos I show up in the background of. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, or, or what are those, you know, what are those interconnectednesses? Um, yeah, I was reminded about um, Lilith Fair for some weird reason the other day. And I remember I attended Lilith Fair in Harrisburg, right, the night before I flew back to California. Oh, wow. And it turned out that somebody I didn't meet for another three or four years was there. Was there. Yeah. You know? Well, we found out that the pub we used to hang out in Cambridge was Ben's local. Right? Yeah. We found out that uh, when you went to the Dolly Parton concert in San Francisco, I was watching all of these clergy, really, on Facebook post about being at the Dolly Parton concert as well. And so there were all these people that you have connections with in this huge crowd. You'll never find them. You never find them or, yeah. But they're there and you're sharing that experience together and... Or that um, uh, turning around at the at a restaurant the other day and finding a colleague of ours and yeah you know I am um, one of my favorite Frank Turner songs is called Smiling at Strangers on Trains yeah and it's about this extreme loneliness that this person is feeling even in the midst of a crowd mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and the fact that their trail is actually crossing over and crossing over and crossing over, over. with a significant person in their life right but they don't know them yet right and so you know if if I had known that 
you were right around the corner. corner. Um, how might. would that have changed me? Would I right. would I have had more hope? Would I have had more faith? Would I have had yeah. more grace? Or would I have felt just as lonely? Right. Um, and so trusting that those people are all around you. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's the story. I like it. Well, thanks, Susan. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do that by email, sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook or on our website, sundaymorningsleepin.com. Yeah, the, the scripture from this podcast is from the first part of uh, Ruth in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, sometimes referred to as the Old Testament. Uh, and the music that you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And so at the end of our podcast and the end of our worship, we send people out with a little bit of, of uh, verbal affirmation that, that, that God loves them and that the world needs them. And uh, that's what I do today. I say the world needs you, needs your relationships. And God needs your influence in the world as well. Amen. Amen.